0: Welcome to Run, Eat, Repeat, a podcast about running, eating, and healthy living with your host, Monica
1: Olivas.
0: Welcome to episode number three. Today, I'm talking with Lisa Jackson. She's the author of Your Pace or Mine, What Running Taught Me About Life, Laughter, and Coming Last. And yes, she has come last in several races and isn't afraid to talk about it. So definitely check out the book for more on that. More importantly, she has completed over 100 marathons, and she's done tons of half marathons. She's done an ultra. She has run all over the world, and I just love her positive attitude toward running. She is in it to have a good time and meet new people. She has tons of stories. I could talk to her forever. I actually met Lisa last year at the Jerusalem Marathon I was in Israel with the press group and she was part of the press group. So there was about 10 other writers, bloggers in the group. And I just connected with her immediately, girl crush. She's really lucky she lives in London because if not, I would probably be at her house every day trying to be her best friend. But this is in spite of the fact that when I met her, I actually kind of teased her about this. So in this press group, there, everyone's a runner covering something that's kind of like a running publication for the Jerusalem marathon, but it was only Lisa and I who were doing the full marathon. People were doing, there was a half, the 10K, the 5K race options. And Lisa had done the full marathon in the past. So I knew that. And I'm like, this is awesome. I have a running buddy who knows this course. Boom. And I heard someone else said that she wasn't running the full marathon. I was like, what? So I remember asking her about it. Um, I was like, Lisa, what? You're not doing the full marathon. I was a little confused. And she goes, no. And I'm like, she's like, no, I'm doing the half. I'm like, okay, why, why not? And she basically was like, because I'm not foolish. And she said it in her super cute accent that I love. And I was like, that's adorable. So I can't be mad at you, but Oh, no, because she basically told me that it's a really hard course and that factored into it. And she had run at that point tons of races. So she has a very large point of reference. I can take her word for it. So it scared me and it was right before the race and it was really cute because I was like, oh, my God, I'm extra scared now. And then she felt bad about telling me that. She's like, no, it's not that bad, you know, trying to backtrack. But I kind of tease her about that because I'm like, not only did you not run the full, but like I was, you totally scared me before I ran it. She's right. It's super hard. And I'm not mad at her about it. It was also a timing thing where she was at that point very close to hitting the 100 marathon mark and was trying to time that up to do it at a race where her friends and family would be to really celebrate that. So it was also scheduling. I'm sure it's very hard to run that many races. She has a very packed schedule. I get it. And she is awesome. So definitely give her some love on social media. I will put all the links on Run It Repeat. And I hope you enjoy this chat. When I met you at the Jerusalem Marathon, you were pretty close to being at the 100 marathon mark. So it seemed like you were already an expert, you know, and had run all over the world, all of these marathons, I thought it was super amazing. Um, So we were kind of talking about that mostly, and I never really found out how you got started running, like how you got to that Uh, point.
1: Yeah, well, it kind of took me by surprise as well. (laughs) And it's just I come from a family where my father was a cross-country champion in South Africa. So I do come from a family that runs. Like my mother took up running in the 70s. Um, She used to run in little plimsolls in a miniskirt. She used to terribly embarrass me. You know, I used to think, I can see your knickers as she ran up the the hill near our house. Um, And my father tried to like really encourage us to run, but would sort of did it by forcing us. So he kind of interrogates us every day had we gone for our run. And he just wants us to run like 2K a day, but um, obviously not liking it very much. I mean, it's quite hot in South Africa. I lived on the bottom of a hill um, and I found... I just describe myself or other people describe me as being very unathletic so I didn't really enjoy running at all and I used to actually fake running by um, you know sneaking out the house in my running clothes with a book stuffed up my t-shirt and then I'd sit between two parked cars and read for 15 minutes Then I'd stuff the t-shirt back up my shirt sprint up the driveway because we've got quite a long driveway and I'd come huffing and puffing into the house and say I've done my run so that's how you know the lengths I went to to avoid it as a child but the seed had been sown when my parents um took me to a 5k fun run on a Formula One racetrack. And, you know, that to run on a circuit where I'd actually seen racing cars, you know, extremely glamorous sport. And, you know, we were waved across the finish line with a checkered flag. I just loved that. I just remember thinking, this is really fun. This is really different. It made me, you know, a great sense of achievement. And in fact I still have the little tracksuit badge that they gave me on that day. So that 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 seed was planted. And then um I came to the UK when I was 25, and my aunt ran, my dad's sister ran, and, um, and she kept saying to me, are you still running? And I used to laugh my head off every single time she said that because I was thinking she knows I've never started running. So I think she <laughs> keeps asking me, are you still running? I'm not running. You know, I've done maybe, I don't know, like, you know, 30 runs in the last 20 years or something like that. Um, and then um, I went along to a 5K um, fun run for charity, um, which is a very, very popular thing. It's grown from something quite small now to huge race series in the UK called Race Life, and it's for cancer research. UK, Um, and I went along with work colleagues, um, very reluctantly, but I just thought, oh well, I might as well, because people are going. And um, when I saw that it didn't have to be competitive, that people were chatting, they were laughing, they were dressed up as fairies, everyone was wearing pink, um, and I mean, I walked most of it, but I actually just loved the atmosphere. I just remember seeing this little group of dads with, you know, babies in one hand and sort of their wives rucksacks in the other, standing in a circle drinking champagne, and just thinking, This is the kind of community that I want to be part of. Um, So I just love the atmosphere. And so when my aunt um, said to me, well, I've entered the world's, at that time, the world's um, biggest half marathon in Newcastle called the Great North Run, um, and she said, I've entered, why don't you – I mean, I was consumed with envy. I was so envious. And I just thought, well, you know, if you double my age and you're going to be able to say you've run a half marathon. And just the word marathon was so magical in my mind, even though I didn't like exercise. It's kind of funny. And I just thought I wanted to do it. But I just I didn't think it was possible. But anyway, I entered. And it's very difficult to get in. But I got in. I just couldn't believe it. And then the shock, uh, suddenly realizing, now I've got a place. There is no backing out. And that is actually, you asked me, you know, what is the best advice you can give to someone who wants to run is, enter something you can't back out of because somehow it will just happen. You will find a way to do it. So we went and ran it together. And it was freezing, absolutely freezing. I was in a vest. I mean, I didn't know anything about layering or or taking snacks along. So we ate ice lollies. Someone gave us ice lollies. So we were freezing already. Then we ate these freezing ice lollies. And then we had to run with our arms tucked, our hands tucked in our armpits because it was so cold. Anyway, we finished and we... I mean, both of us, we were so, um, you know, our blood sugar was so low, and we were so cold, we couldn't walk in a straight line. I mean, we looked like we'd been drinking too much sherry. We stumbled to, you know, the tent to get our clothes. But the feeling on the bus back, because it it runs out to a place called um, South Shields, and then you get the bus back to the town. And just sitting in the bus for, I mean, it's taken us about three hours to do it, and it took us four hours to get back in the bus, and I was thinking, We have run all this way. And I have never felt a feeling of pride like that in my whole life. I I wanted to explode with pride. Um, And so when my aunt said, well, why don't we run the London Marathon next year? Um, I said yes but it was obviously very difficult to get a place and then I was lucky that a colleague of mine was injured and she said you can have my place so I charity fundraised with my aunt to get her a place and then I ran um, in my colleague's place and then obviously you know that marathon I took almost seven hours it was six hours 55 to finish it but and I thought there would be blood spurting out of my shoes you know when I crossed the finish line I was in so much pain I, I can't even begin to tell you but then just this, this feeling of Utter disbelief that someone like me, you know, who really had been labelled unsporty my whole life by every single person that I knew, including my parents, really um, had done something like that. And that, then, I thought, okay, well, I walked half of it, so um, you know, I needed to run a whole marathon. So a few months later, I I ran the whole of the Edinburgh Marathon, and I took something like an hour and thirty minutes off my time. Um, I was in absolute agony at the end of that, and so I thought, you know, this goes on. I'm going to be in a wheelchair. Chair by the time I'm 30. Um, oh, actually, no, by the time I'm 30, sorry, by the time I'm 40, because I was actually 30, 31 when I ran my first marathon. Um, and then I discovered walk running in the third marathon I did in Paris. I was injured and I tried out this program that I'd read about in the race magazine. Um, and I took 10 minutes off my Edinburgh time. And that was just a huge revelation for me because. You know, I, I suddenly realized I didn't have to be in pain while I was actually running the marathon. And also the recovery was, you know, down from three weeks before I could walk properly, down to three days. So um, I was so excited about this walk-run discovery because obviously Jeff Galloway discovered walk-running and popularized it in America, but it hadn't been popularized in the UK. So with a colleague of mine at the magazine I worked on, uh, we wrote a book called Running Made Easy. And that ended up selling 100,000 copies in the UK, getting, you know, tens of thousands of people, well, obviously hundreds of thousands of people um, running, um, and um, just set me on a career to, you know, write um, two other books, um, to become contributing editor of Women's Running um, magazine. So it it really did um, change my life. That is awesome. And so do you still do the run-walk method? Is that how you um, run and train now? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have run a few marathons, my PR marathon, which was London in 438 that I had to run the whole way. Um, but generally, um, I walk, run all the time. Um, and at the moment, you know, I'm not taking my running particularly seriously because I reached my hundred marathon goal and I just wanted to ease off a bit. And as I joke with everyone, I want to stay married. So I want to spend some time with my husband who doesn't really like running. Um, so now I mean, I'm running a marathon tomorrow and I've got 15 hours to do it. So I'll run whatever I feel like doing in that time. I'll, that, that part of the marathon I'll run. And when I feel like walking, I'll walk and just chat to people and just have a fun day out. So I'm still racking up the marathons, but, um, yeah, I think I wonder if I'll ever run a marathon again, like completely from start to finish, because it's just not something that I enjoy as much as walk running.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So tomorrow, which
0: I didn't mm-hmm. realize you were running a to marathon tomorrow. Good luck. Yeah. Um, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, do you not have then, I, I know a lot of times, at least with the Galloway Method and other ones, that do a- – the official run-walk, they kind of have a set amount of time you, you know, run for three minutes, walk for 90 seconds, yeah. things like that. Um, at this point, obviously, like, you know your body so well that you don't need that specific of a strategy, but do you go in with any type of strategy like
1: that? Um at the moment no but I think it's very helpful when you first start running to do that. Um my, my strategy in the beginning was um run for 15 minutes walk for 5 because I quite like longish um walk breaks because I just find that I need I need to get my breath back. I need to fiddle around and find my snacks in my bum bag. Um you know I like to sort of have a proper rest and I know that Jeff over the years has kind of made the breaks um more frequent and shorter and shorter. I mean, sometimes it's like 30 seconds of running and 30 seconds of walking. And I actually just find that's too much for me to concentrate on because I'm usually chatting to someone. So I don't really want to in- like interrupt my chatting um, by you know, looking at my watch all the time. But now I-, I kind of run how I feel. If I'm feeling good, like I surprised myself recently. I was running um the Isle of Wight um, half marathon and it's beautiful scenery with these massive white chalk cliffs um, and beautiful beaches and little colorful beach huts and things like that. And I actually ran much more of it than I expected, but it's just like when there's a hill and I'm thinking, oh, this is, I'm suffering now. I just walk up it. Um, and then I surprised myself running loads more than I, I anticipated because there was so much downhill and I love running downhill. So if a downhill comes, I mean, I always think, oh, don't, don't waste a downhill. So I'll always run that no matter where I am or what, where I am in my schedule Um, I like to run the flats if I can uh, but if I get tired I just stop and and walk do you run um, with anyone do you have outside of races obviously where you're you know meeting new people Mm. do you have someone local do you have a running buddy or someone that you train with at all well, sadly, I had a running buddy which who was an amazing um, influence on my life because I just ran with her twice a week. She worked at a school near here, and I just meet her at her at lunch break um, and we'd run for, you know, an hour, hour and a quarter each time. But um, sadly, she's uh, got a better job. <laughs> she got promoted, and then she's moved away. Um, so, no, now I don't have anyone um, to run with. And that's why I'm more inclined now to enter shorter races because I do feel every time I run, I really want to meddle. I'm just one of those people. <laughs> Please. Just give me a medal because i think you know i'm still proud of myself every single time i go out and um, so i'm i'm aiming now to enter more shorter races so that i or you know the occasional marathon um so i've got another five or six marathons planned for this year um just to make sure i get out for sure because definitely a running buddy is key And um, if you've got one you are gonna have oh i don't know double your chances of going for a run i'd say for sure. But sadly, mine's moved away.
0: <laughs> you know what's funny is mine did too, and I always mention it. I always mention it on my blog, <laughs> like any chance I get, because I'm like, she left oh.
1: me, my friend, my friend left me. Yeah, she moved away. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I've found um, that really helps me now is um, before I used to feel dreadful in the first 10 minutes of every run, and I used to call it the toxic 10 minutes, and I actually wrote about it. And I was amazed that my co-author of my first book, um, she also struggled in the first 10 minutes. I thought, but you're fast. you at running, and then I just realised that you know it's the time your body takes to warm up, and um, my personal trainer was telling me about synovial fluid and how you know you need to warm up to actually put that that. Lubrication into your joints. And she always advised that starting, you know, a run with a walk. And now I just find it so much easier to go out the door and just say to myself, well, I'm going for a walk. And then I just see how I feel. And there's a place where I should start running. But if I get there and I don't feel up for running, then I just carry on walking for a bit more. And so now there's no kind of fighting my body. I just feel like I'm listening to my body. I'm respecting my body. I'm doing what my body asked me to do. And I'm not saying you have to push yourself all the time because I get a bit tired of pushing myself, you know, like I'm always I work very long days um, because I do so many different jobs. So when I'm at home and I'm not traveling, I work you know, often from 8 in the morning till 11 at night. So that's that push, 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 keep on doing things you don't feel like doing even though you're tired. And I don't really want running to be like that. And I've just found that this way of running with a really nice like, sort of 10-minute walking warm-up and just enjoying moving, you know, just saying, well, it's fine if it turns into a run and it's kind of fine if it doesn't, um, has really helped me to get out the door without a running buddy.
0: I love it. I agree. I think this, um, at least for most of us, it's a hobby and it should be fun. And, you know, even if you're, you know, writing about it or teaching other people about it, it's still like at the end of the day, our own individual running is, it should be fun. And when you take the fun out of it and you constantly are just like making yourself do certain things and it just seems like it's it's more work on top of the work that you're kind of trying to
1: take a step away from sometimes. So I really agree. I mean, I chose to do 100 marathons out of my own free will. Um, I had the most incredible time doing it. I ran in 22 different countries doing it. Um, I had an absolute blast. I made loads of friends around the world, like yourself. Um, it's been a privilege. But, yeah, it's not something, you know, I want to be serious about. And there's a brilliant quote, you know, from Le um, Leza, who um was in, what was it, Leffelais? Well, anyway, someone, very famous um, politician, and he said something about how um, if you take yourself too seriously, you you risk looking ridiculous. And um, that's the kind of thing. I just feel, look, I'm not a good runner. And um, but I'm terribly proud of what I've achieved with my running, and um, I mean me taking myself seriously is just, is going to look ridiculous. So it's just fun. I always dress up. I always have funny hats to wear. You know, that's a huge part of my marathon preparation is actually like choosing my outfit. Um, you know, and I often theme it according to the race. So I've run in a Loch Ness monster hat. Um, you know, at the Loch Ness Marathon, I ran. Um, you know, in gee, just different outfits. Every time I've run as Dracula in, um, in Transylvania last year, when the, in the Transylvanian Bear Race, um, the only person in fancy dress I might add in the entire race. Um, and I said, now, it is, not, it is not easy to run in a full-length black cloak thing with a gold collar when it is sort of 35 degrees centigrade. Um, I had to, at the end, like sort of scoop the whole black outfit up and sort of tuck it into my race belt. I was running in this kind of uh, mini skirt, Dracula outfit. Um, but all those things are such fun for me and, you know, they just create such special memories because every race I look at, like I'm dressed differently and I've themed it and, um, I've just had a lot of fun around the whole thing, you know, not just the day of the race, like it's been fun all the way leading up to it as well. That's super fun, but I I think it's kind of interesting that
0: you've run over a hundred marathons and, you know, all these other distance races, but you said that you're, not a good runner, when I, I know a lot of people who have never
1: run a marathon would beg to differ. Well, <laughs> but, I, well, I think the thing is that I've come lost 25 times. So I kind of have gained credentials, you know, as, as I call myself, the world's slowest marathon correspondent. <laughs> um And you're absolutely right. I mean, when I say I'm a bad runner or anything like that, I just put it in, in quote marks, and I'm just kind of being ironic because, you know, I am – amazed like every single time i go for any kind of run whether it's two kilometers or you know 91 as i've done um i i know i'm fighting against you know my natural inclination my natural inclination is not to be athletic um and to actually be able to con- consider myself sporty now that people when they when they think of me i think the first thing they think about is that runner um, I just I just get chuffed to bits about that. I mean, I'm just so thrilled. And I, I do sometimes think, you know, if aliens invaded my body, because it doesn't feel like me. Um, so, no, I don't – you're right. I don't um, – I'm very, very respectful of what I've achieved because I'm so happy about it. But it's on my own terms. I mean, many people would not be happy to have come last 25 times. And now, like, if I'm in a race and there's a possibility of me coming last, I actually ask the person I'm with, can they please just hold back a bit? Sorry, run ahead of me. So I can be last because I quite like – adding to my little total of coming last, you know. It's just like I think you just got to get over that fear. I mean, most people just don't come last. I mean, it took me – I wrote an article about this recently. I can't remember how many years it took me to come last, something like 14 years or 18 years or something. And But, of course, from day one, I was scared of coming last. I mean, why is that? You know, it's, it's a ridiculous fear. And someone has to come last. And often, as the person who comes last, you get the biggest cheer. Um, people are thrilled for you that you finish. You get an enormous amount of respect. Um, and so there's no downside to it. I mean, it's actually quite nice. It's almost like getting a title, you know, like you won the race or you came last. I mean, who cares about what happened in the middle? That is very interesting.
0: So do you have, out of the 100 races, a favorite or I guess out of all of the marathons you've done, do you have a favorite marathon or something that in particular
1: kind of is your um, best race? Um well I have to say it would be that 56 mile which is 91 kilometer Comrades Ultramarathon because that's um run in my home country of South Africa and it's um, televised for the whole day and the whole country could sort have of sort of comes to a standstill to watch it on television or come out onto the course to watch it. And it was just a legendary race throughout my childhood. My father always used to call us down to come and watch it on the television in the afternoon. And there's this very dramatic moment at the end of the race um where they have a very strict cut. Now, before the cutoff was 11 hours, and um, it's now been extended to 12 hours. They did that for um, the Millennium celebrations, and they suddenly realised they got 50% more entries, so they've kept it up ever since. So you get an extra hour. But um, at the end of the race, um, a race official walks across the finish line, and he turns his back on the runners, and he fires a gun, and then they other um, marshals run across the finish line with a, a, a ribbon, and no one's allowed to cross after that. So you could be within one second or one step of finishing 91 kilometers or 56 miles and still not get a medal and still not say you, you can't say you finished. so it's a very iconic race and that moment you know where the, the final runners are coming in is extremely dramatic i mean the whole country basically comes to standstill to watch that and cheer on the people and scream at them and people get dragged across the finish line by other runners it's extremely emotional and so i would uh, dreamt of doing that my whole life but it just was I mean, at that point, it was like saying, oh, I want to be an astronaut, you know. It just didn't seem possible. And then through the confidence that I gained through running marathons, I just thought, well, why not? You know, I want to do this. And so it was very difficult for me. I mean, I had to cut, you know, about an hour and 15 minutes off my 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 average marathon time in order to qualify for it because you have to run a sub-five-hour marathon. Um, but I just put my mind to it. And, you know, my first uh, run, I went up with my husband in the snow here in London, which is quite rare. And I did, you know, a 10K in one hour, 18. And there was just no way I could do comrades if I was running that slowly. And I almost gave up heart at that very moment. And my husband just said to me, come on, Lisey, this is just the beginning. You know, now you know where you're starting from and now you, you, you're you going to get better. And if, I, if he hadn't actually just that, that one little sentence to me, I really think I would have given up on my dream. But I persevered with it, um, you know, did extremely regular training, um, and then I ended up um, running it. And it was a very, very special race because um, someone in my running club had actually asked me um, what I was training for. And when I said comrades, he just snorted. And I mean, I went home that night and I just sobbed my eyes out literally for about three hours. And I just thought, I have totally embarrassed myself. I've told other people I'm going to do this. It's actually obvious i'm not going to be able to do it um everyone's thinking i'm just talking nonsense and they think i'm bigging myself up and i'm being arrogant and actually i have no hope of doing this and it's it's actually i've really really embarrassed myself and um i just stopped running after that i just couldn't carry on training i just felt so depressed about the whole thing um and then i just remember that i'm actually a hypnotherapist and you know Everything in hypnotherapy is about using the power of the mind to motivate you. And so I went online and I saw some footage of people finishing the marathon in the kind of time that I was hoping, ultramarathon, sorry, that in the kind of time that I was hoping to finish it in, which was about 11 hours and 45 minutes. And there were people running in the footage that were 70 years old because you wear a special little badge on you that says the, the age group that you're in. And I was thinking, there's 70-year-olds doing this race and they're running across that line like 20 year olds and they're not being dragged across the line and they're not crawling and they're happy and they've got their arms raised in the air and that was a turning point for me because I just thought you know what if these people can do it I definitely can but I'm not going to listen to what anyone else expects of me I'm just going to believe in myself and so i started watching that that video very frequently actually and then in hypnosis actually rehearsing myself crossing that finish line like seeing myself with my arms in the air smiling the sense of achievement i would feel visualizing it i got back into training and i got injured so you know it was a bit hit and miss and then on the day um my father had given me some advice well two pieces of advice one was you should not run it in fancy dress, this is a race for serious runners and um, you look ridiculous and no one does it in fancy dress so don't do fancy dress and the other thing was don't talk to anyone, just don't waste your energy talking to people, you can't do that you've got to keep running and save your breath for running so of course I wasn't going to um, listen to him about the the fancy dress because I mean I couldn't see any harm in that so I wore this beautiful flamingo hat that I've actually become famous for when I, I, I imported it from America actually so no one else has got one like that they don't make them anymore so it's just a fabulous Um, hat and it's got flamingo wings that if you pull a little invisible string under your chin you can make the wings wave at people so it's just fabulous because you can wave at children as you go by without having to um, you know wave, actually wave It's just quite fun. Anyway so um, I ran the first half of the race but I got hysterical about the whole thing and I just took any advice from anyone so someone said to me you should wear flight socks when you're running um, comrade so I bought flight socks then someone said you should wear two pairs of of, um, socks as well so I, I took two pairs of socks and I put all these socks on my feet and of course I'd never tried it out in training any of the stuff and then as I started running I just realized it was too many socks and I got blisters in between my toes after to about one kilometer so my feet were killing me I wasn't talking to anyone I was bored I was in pain and I got to the halfway mark and I just thought you know I can pull out now I'm not hitting my splits um and um, why, why, why put myself through another five or so hours of pain before they kicked me off the race anyway? And it's just that that person snorting came back to me at that very moment, and I just thought. You know, I am not going to give that person the satisfaction of saying, "I told you so." I told you you'd never do comrades, and I thought, okay, they can kick me off the course at the cut-offs, but um, or let me, you know, stop me as before I finish the finish line, reach the finish line. But I'm not going to give that person the satisfaction of saying, "I told you so." And at that very moment, I saw a foreign runner because you have little kind of um, symbols on the back of your numbers that tell you what country people are from, how many times they've done comrades, etc. There's a lot of information there, including their name. And I saw this runner running along, and she just looked happy and she had this blonde ponytail swinging and I just thought oh I'm just going to ask for what country she's from because I could tell from the symbols that she was from a foreign country so I came up to her and um and I just said oh hi I you know where are you from and she said Canada and I said to her by the way I said I'm not going to talk to you I'm not going to talk to you my father told me not to talk to anyone but I just come to ask you what country you're from and she said Canada and I went oh my goodness you won't believe it one of my best friends comes from Canada and of course she and my friend was supposed to be running comrades with me, but um, hadn't been able to come. So the next moment we started talking, and this woman turned out to be one of the most interesting people I've ever met in my whole life. And she was exactly at my pace. She had exactly the same race strategy, which was um, running the downhills and the flats and walking the uphills. Um, she was entertaining. Um, we got to 21Ks to go, and we had four hours left still to do it. And she said to me, honey, you know, we, if we actually crawl the rest of this race, we could finish in time. And I said, yeah, well, just, let's just not take a chance. Let's just not quite start crawling right now. <laughs> let's just keep on, you know, running. And, um, so we finished together. And um it was it was her first comrades and my first comrades and you know, I'm still friends with her now. I mean that was in um, two thousand and oh I can't even remember the year, two thousand and eight or nine. And um and she actually ended up editing the book that I've just written on running, you know, your pace or mine um, and just doing this amazing job because she's you know she's a runner herself so she's a brilliant um, she's a lawyer so she's got that eye for detail um, she's brilliant with language and she's a runner so I mean it was just meant to be you know my book is so much better for her input and that's a friendship that we forged you know just in six hours and we've kept in touch ever since so I get a Christmas the first Christmas card I ever get every year is from her um, and in fact she sent me a t-shirt yesterday um, which is just so beautiful um, she was at the Comrade she does it every year um, and I've done it three times although I didn't succeed in the third time because I fell over. Um, but she does it every year, and every year, you know, she'll ask me if I'm coming back, and I'm so sad to say no this year. And so she bought a T-shirt at the expo and um, and sent it to me, and that arrived yesterday. Um, so it's very, very special for me, that race. You know, I've, I made a really, you know, a lifelong friend, um, achieved something that I never, ever believed I could do. And, I mean, you should have seen the faces of people at my school reunion a few years ago. I mean, I used to avoid all physical activities at school. I used to sneak to the back of the rounder's queue. I used to say I had athlete's foot, which I had for five years. So I didn't ever have to swim. I used to forget my gym clothes at home every week. So to, you know, to to see someone like that, having changed into someone who loves running, I think it really surprised everyone. And I just love that. I just think I want to go through my whole life surprising people because I don't look like a runner and um, I probably don't talk like a runner half the time and I don't act like a runner, but I'm a runner. Is that why
0: you wrote the book, um, Your Peace of Mind? Because I feel like you do really resonate with people of all of running abilities because you just A, love running, but it, it speaks to a lot of people that are kind of hesitant or need inspiration, because you're super inspirational.
1: But what was the goal of um, originally starting Your Peace of Mind? You know, I just wanted to document, um, actually, my journey to 100 marathons, because I had met so many incredible people. Along the way, and had so many incredible experiences that I just wanted to share that with people and show them how it's so much more than putting one foot in front of the other. You know, I think people really think running's boring, and I have to say, just running is boring. I mean, I don't, I don't really just enjoy. You know, I mean, obviously, if it's nice scenery or something, but if I'm just running like down round some boring part of my neighbourhood that I've run a hundred times, I mean, I do get bored. But I have found ways that have made running exciting. And one of them is just talking to people. And actually, you know, people often ask me, do you just go up and just start talking to people? Um, and I always say no, you know, I actually wear my funny hats and people come and talk to me. I mean, I'm not going to inflict myself on anyone because as you know, Monica, I mean, I can talk, you know, the high neck of a donkey. <laughs> so I'm not going to go up to someone who doesn't want to talk and then start talking at them. I let them come to me and they ask me about my hats or whatever it is. And then we get talking. Um, and they've shared so many, you know, special, amazing, sad, glorious things with me um and that's how i keep my running um interesting and so that book i wanted to you know, get, share with people the life lessons that running has taught me um so that they too can benefit from it because i do think you know it's better than therapy um it's cheaper than therapy um it's good for you on every level it's good for you inside it's good for you outside um you know it's just amazing so I wanted to share that and I wanted to share the kind of philosophical life lessons that I learned but I also wanted to share the stories of these people that I've met you know because um they were extraordinary and they were so special and and precious to me and I just wanted to say you know these are the kind of people you're going to meet when you're out there on the road I love that and I love all of your stories about everyone that you've met along the way
0: I agree that it just makes the miles go by it's just Mm. so awesome just my last question I kind of like to call my post-race meal like the indulgent like I'm just going for it um my victory lap because oh I love that that's like um part of the reason why I love running so much so what is your victory lap what's your favorite post-race um indulgent meal
1: um I absolutely love lamb chops. So sometimes when I had to train, you know, very long training runs, like 65 kilometers training run for comrades, then i make sure that I had a big fat lamb chop or a few um, in the, you know, the fridge and like ready made mashed potatoes as a treat um, for the oven as well. Um, and then i just fantasize about that virtually the whole time when I'm running because I don't eat lamb very often. So that is a real treat for me. Um, and the only problem is that I do find I, I lose my appetite. I don't know if you do, but I lose my my appetite when I run for a very long time, so I often don't don't get to eat quite as much of my um, victory lap meal as I hope. Um, but um, it's it's very inspiring to have that waiting for you. Um, I also have a little ritual where I have this kneep um, bath oil, which is gorgeous. It sort of smells very eucalyptus-y. and um, I line the bath. Um, which I have very seldom bath, I usually shower, but I lie in the bath just inhaling these wonderful vapors, um, while drinking a mug of tea. Um, and that's, you know, my ultimate, um, post race, um, indulgence because I usually don't have time for baths. Um, and just to reflect, you know, on what I've achieved and how I'm proud I am of myself. And it's just a lovely, lovely feeling. But I only, you know, save that for when I've actually done a really long distance.
0: Uh huh. Yes. I am the same way with uh after a long distance i'm not that hungry is at least that day the next day mm. i wake up hungry and like just like from the moment i open my eyes and i'm hungry for the entire day but on um, that day normally i'm just kind of thirsty and tired like the day of a longer run but yeah that yeah. sounds dreamy too
1: that's a it cool is nice drink. and also i just feel great urge to sleep like I just remember that I, when I was training for comrades, I couldn't go for my long runs on a Sunday too early in the day because when I came home, no matter what time it was, like two o'clock, you know, midday or whatever, I just want to go straight back to sleep. And I just felt it waste my whole Sunday, so I used to have to leave it quite late before I went out. Um, but you do need extra sleep, definitely, if you're doing you know additional training. Um, and that kind of sleep, oh, it's the best sleep in the world. You know, it's really satisfying sleep. Yeah. Um, so those are the things I treat myself to.
0: I love it. Okay. I feel like I've gotten so much fun information and I want to pick your brain another time about all the hypnotherapy stuff, but we have to wrap. It up.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I totally understand. Mm-hmm. that video was, um, you know, my, my, um, big tip would be, you know, look at pictures of people who've done what you are aiming to videos or pictures, and then just imagine yourself doing it yourself. Uh-huh. Um, it really sends the right messages to your unconscious mind. I love it. Awesome. Okay. So I'm definitely sharing um, links to the book and everything,
0: but is there anything else that you want to share or let people know?
1: No, that's fantastic. I mean, you know, just very proud to call you one of my my running friends. Um, And, um, you know, just wishing everyone, you know, many, many smiling miles. Okay. I had to stop it right there
0: because we just kept going on and on. And I'm thinking you have other stuff to do today. But if you want more, you can check out her book, Your Pace or Mine. It's available on Amazon. I'm going to put a link to that, plus her social media on Run It Repeat, so you can check it out there. I hope you had a great time. I hope you had a great run today. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Run, Eat, Repeat, a healthy living podcast. For more information, check out runeatrepeat.com. Thanks for listening.